today's topic is how to get marketing a seat at the table. Um, you know, we see this as like the dream state that marketing has influence and say on what's happening with, I don't know, your time and the budget that's going towards the activities that you're doing. Um, something like you've got an understanding of what's going on at the company across all of the departments so that you can support that with your efforts and that you have the street cred to maybe chase after someone and get what you need. Uh, and you've got the authority to ask for things and you can expect them to be returned to you. So that's kind of the dream state. But maybe what we see right now for most of us is the current state, which is, you know, the marketing marketer's role is one of an order taker, one of an administrator to sales, one of brochures and flyer designs. I mean, feel free, like, let me know in the chat if you are seeing anything else. Like, what is your life like right now um, as an industrial marketer? Maybe you're a trade show co coordinator. We were just talking about how our LinkedIn feeds are all trade shows right now. Um, yeah, the list goes on. So we want to get to that dream state. And so to do that today, we want to talk about how to get marketing a seat at the table. And we've got our very own Joe Sullivan joining us. And we're super glad to have Joe because as a host of the podcast, The Manufacturing Executive, and as the co-founder of Gorilla 76, Joe has talked to, I mean, what would you even say the number is, Joe, um, as far as manufacturing executives go? Oh, well into the hundreds, multiple hundreds over the last decade. So, yeah. 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 So, I mean, if anyone knows what's going on in the minds of a manufacturing executive, I'd say that you've got a pretty good pulse on it. Um, and so if you're wanting to try and tap in and engage your CEO, your president, um, I just think that Joe's got some really interesting perspective on that. And we're excited for him to share that with us today. Um, so Joe, to kind of get us started, can you tell us a little bit more about just why Mar having marketing, getting marketing a seat at the table was important for Gorilla and how you've kind of used that strategy within our own company uh, and how you think folks can maybe apply it out to their own? Yeah, certainly. Um, so, you know, obviously our situation is much different than yours. Most of you here are internal marketers um, inside of manufacturing organizations. Um, Obviously, I co-own an agency that works with manufacturers, so it's it's a different scenario here. But um, I think the one thing that we have in common here is that we need to get the attention and build trust with the leader of your company or people up the chain who, in probably some cases, are... Um, you know, the ones who are ultimately going to give you the thumbs up or thumbs down on on maybe making changes to a marketing program. Um, and what I found um, just kind of throughout, you know, over the years is that, you know, if I look back 10, eight, 10 years ago, most of my conversations for, you know, thinking of it as new business for Gorilla, we're talking to prospective customers, um, probably like the companies that many of you work for, most of my early conversations were very tactical in nature um, about things like SEO or we need a new website or we need somebody to do a better job running our, our Google ads. 
and they were with people with marketing job titles and often people that were, you know, a few years into their career in, in marketing job titles and um, maybe even their own, own department, even there, they were lower down in the chain. And and the the problem for me, of course, was like, these were tactical conversations, not business conversations. And I had to either translate all that through the marketing manager so that they could then communicate those things up the chain to their boss, to who would communicate it to the CEO or whatever. And so, you know, that the problem we had to solve early on was how do we get the CEO or president or owner of the company to into this conversation early on so that we could redirect the conversation from, I need more leads. I need better SEO. We need a new website to the why behind that, which is, how can we start turning marketing into um, a, a business driver um, and revenue engine for, for our company? And so the big change we made early on <clears throat> for us, the challenge for you is to think about, well, how do I do this as an internal marketer? But we invented this industrial marketing roadmap process for us where we said, we, because we used to do so much work, just for us, it was for free. It was like our new business process. We would do so much work to do discovery meetings, and come up with you know the the strategy and plan for a, a company we would potentially be working with and then you know we'd be 30 40 hours of work in and then the CEO wouldn't show up for the meeting or would be half paying attention or would just you know leave halfway through and it was the most frustrating thing because I knew that was the person whose attention I needed if this was ever going to you know if we were ever going to push this through and so um you know when we said all right well we're going to charge for this project we're going to we're going to charge a fee, a flat fee for this. All of a sudden what happened is now we had the CEO's attention. Like there was some skin in the game and we, they were actually participating in the conversation. And so our big moment as an agency was we, we did something that made the decision maker um, say, I, I now have skin in the game and, and they, they need my attention and I need to be a part of this. So I think the challenge, and we'll get into this, and maybe some of you even have ideas that you've experienced in your organizations, which I'd love to hear, but is how do we shift the conversation from marketing metrics and tactics to the impact of this on the business, on business outcomes like revenue and at the very least sourced pipeline um, cause that's, that's ultimately what the person at the top is going to care about. And if they don't care about that yet, then maybe it's your job to help them think differently about the role of marketing. So I'll, I'll kind of stop there for a moment. Joe, um, what are these manufacturing leaders actually caring about? Right? Like we talk about creating a demand generation program for our customers. And so it starts with doing research, right? And figure out what are the pain points that my customers have and what types of solutions are they looking for? So we probably just need to do the same thing here, right? So what pain points and challenges are these manufacturing executives running into? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. When I have, when my conversations start with the manufacturing leader um, in a company, and again, I'm talking about the, I, my job at Gorilla is essentially marketing and sales. Like that's that's for our company and, and some high-level client consulting. So I spend a lot of my time just in the new business process for Gorilla. Um, but when I when my first conversations are with manufacturing leaders, say CEOs or presidents or owners, um, <clears throat> for the most part, the things we're talking about are uh, how, you know, how the buying process has changed over the last decade, how 
people are, are out there seeking information on their own. More of the sales process is happening before um, anybody's willing to pick up the phone and have a, a conversation with sales. And I kind of set things up with that. And, and there's a lot of head nods then, right? It's it's like, it's hard to deny that. And the point I make is not that marketing is here to replace the things that sales used to do. The power of a sales conversation is as strong as it's ever been. It's just that a lot of the early stage um, conversations are, or the, the early stage information gathering is happening before somebody's willing to have a sales conversation. And so I usually am just trying to start by uh, sort of planting that seed with leaders, but the things that I mean, the things they are looking for is is like, listen, we're trying to get from fifteen million to twenty five million in sales over the next two years, and we know that marketing needs to play a role here. Um, and and when I hear those things, like that's a good sign to me because now it's now the conversation can shift from, you know, we need to double lead generation to we need to figure out how to reverse engineer a plan, a marketing program that will get us to that that business goal. So I think those like those are the least the signals I'm looking for. Are we talking about company level goals and and can we shift the conversation there? So I don't know, Brendan, if I'm I'm answering your question or not, but like the things that I, I see leaders looking for are like what's what's you know how do we get from here to here, what are other companies like us doing that we're not doing? Um, so I think the fact that you guys are all part of this group and are hearing from other people is an advantage you have out of out of the gate because you can say, hey, I, I, I talked to this person and this person and this person, here's what they're doing and what's working. And here's why I think that makes sense for us. But it's, um, yeah, it's all about shifting that conversation to business outcomes. Mm-hmm. Mary, this sounds a lot like when we talk about demand generation and creating a common currency. Right, like figure out like what are we actually trying to get at with our marketing program, and that probably starts with a conversation with your business leader, right? Yeah, totally. But um, I don't know about you guys. When I was at my former company, I didn't have opportunities to talk to like upper level leadership, so I didn't have a lot of opportunities to talk to anybody who was like a VP or in the C-suite, it was a lot of like head of product engineering, or they were the head of the um, market development team or something like that. And those were the ones who I got the most traction with because it was very personal. Like it was one-to-one or one-to-three. So they were kind of explaining the next quarter or year to the marketing team. And they were like, okay, so here's the products we want to promote. So we need you know, X amount of brochures done. We need this email marketing campaign to go out. And I think that's where you can make your inroads. So during meetings like that, I would just say, well, why are we doing that? So why do you guys need a brochure? Oh, well, we always do brochures. It's like, oh, okay. So like what part of like the customer research you did to make this new product led you to believe that they like brochures? Oh, well, we didn't do customer research. Oh, okay. So how can we make that happen? Like, what can I do to help give you the information you need to make better marketing materials, right? So really just asking questions and almost letting them guide that discussion can really help you. And like, then they're going to tell their bosses, right? So then they get to look really good to their leaders and say, hey, the marketing team is actually the one that um, gave me this idea and wants to like try a new thing. So that worked really well at my company. I'll just say for my perspective, any conversations I had with my VP marketing and sales, and then the presidents of the division always went better when it was talking about business goals. Anytime I started talking about 
even marketing strategies, but like marketing tactics, glazed eyes. No one cared. Uh, it just did not resonate with them. And so to me, it seemed like if I could just have that conversation to talk about the common currency, you know, for us, it was revenue. Now I have freedom. Like if I'm, if I could speak confidently and smartly about that problem that they're having, now I have freedom to go and run programs that I want to. Um, so that's kind of what I, I saw. Like if you focus every conversation around strategy or, you know, common currency and strategy first, then the tactic stuff is a lot easier to get through uh, approvals. Yeah. So what I'm hearing here is, you know, like, why do we need marketing to have a seat at the table is because we need to be able to be part of the conversations where they're making those decisions uh, of like what, what we're actually going to be doing <laughs> with, with our time and, and with our money. Uh, so one of the questions I put in the chat was, you know, how have you been able to remove the layers? And I think, you know, one of those ways is just being in the room, right? Um, but what if you're not invited to the room? I guess like what what have y'all seen uh, or what have you experienced um, in-house? Yeah, that, I mean, the biggest one, I was, again, never in the room when leaders were meeting. So a big part of mine was just like, I mean, I'm sure I looked really annoying because anytime anyone asked me to do anything, I would ask why. So if it was like, if it was a brochure, if it was an email campaign, it would be why, 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 why? Can we try something new? Can we try something new? Can we try something new? And after a while, sure, you start to sound like a broken record, but it forces people with influential roles to advocate for your way of thinking. So still thinking strategically. So not being, you know, an order taker or just doing something because it's always been done. And make sure you use it as like an educational opportunity. Like maybe they did do the customer research and that's why they would think this email marketing campaign is going to go really well. Then you just opened up an avenue of communication with a leader in your business. So even if it's not C-suite, VP of sales, VP of whatever, at least it's like, that's one more avenue that you just found to help push your ideas forward. Awesome. Joe, I'm curious your in, on your answer to this. Like we kind of talked about a little bit earlier, you know, about how like we created a product about the roadmap and discovery to get CEOs to get bought in. But how do you think that uh, in-house marketer can do that um, internally to to get into that, you know, that into those discussions? Yeah, I'd be curious to hear. I'm watching some of you, um, Beth, John, Cedric, um, drop some some notes in, in here about your experiences in the, in the chat. Um, I'm curious to hear what others have to say about this, but, and I like, listen, my, my perspective is, is, um, is skewed here. I I've been running with John Franco here at an agency for almost my entire career. I have not been an in-house market at a manufacturing company. I've just worked with them from the outside, but I'm just thinking about like, based on all the conversations I've had with leaders, I would be willing to bet that with a lot of you, if you could position it as and, and this might be with the person directly above you, or it might be with the CEO. It probably depends on if you're a, you know, two hundred million dollar company or a ten million dollar company, and how much access you have to to the leaders. But to just be able to say, "Hey, listen, I I am tr I I really am determined in in my career to be able to do marketing that has an impact on business outcomes, not just leading metrics like driving traffic and." 
SEO and, um, and I want to learn from you, like to just be curious, genuinely curious. Like, can I, cause I, when we go into a new engagement with any client, we go through this road mapping process that I mentioned earlier, and it, it starts with four hours of discovery and we'd be happy. I mentioned this earlier. We can share with you the discovery questions that we, with this group that we go and ask CEOs during those meetings. Cause some of them may be helpful to you to think about how do you formulate the right set of questions to ask your own leaders? I think I'm a pr- pretty big advocate of like just the idea that, you know, by asking smart questions, it makes you a lot, a lot, look a lot smarter in a lot of cases than by trying to act like a know-it-all and telling, you know, stating things. And so um, to come in and say like, listen, I'm, I'm trying to learn here about where you're trying to take this company because I want to help reverse engineer a marketing plan that's going to align with those business goals, not just keep doing the same stuff we've been doing, um, not just, you know, tactically as well as, um, you know, with goals of lead generation. I want to help contribute to generating revenue for this business but I, I want to have a better understanding of where our companies, where you're trying to take this company, um, where you see as the biggest growth opportunities and hurdles. And just by starting to ask those questions, if you can get the time and, and attention of the right people that are up the chain from you, I think it's going to say a lot about um, just who you are and the way you're thinking about the organization. So I think that's a really good starting point is to figure out like, and so I, and I don't know. I don't know if when I look, look across this group, how many of you feel like you just get brushed aside for for saying that, or if your leader say, "Yeah, well, let's let's talk about it." Whether it's over coffee or it's just a half hour, hour long meeting someday in their office, um, and 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 start with that and say, "Okay." And then at the end of that meeting, you say, "Okay, that's really helpful. I might have some follow ups to you, but what I want to do is like, are you open to listening about some different ways to do this?" The different ways to do the things we're doing um, that are gonna that I, I think are gonna be more impactful on revenue. Doesn't mean we have to do them, but I want I want to show you what that looks like. Maybe I even can share share examples from another company, kind of like us, that's having some success with this. Um, and I would hope that your leaders would be open to at least having that conversation. So I don't know. Curious to see what here where what others have to say about that, or if it's something that you think people above you would be receptive to. So we had a we had a question in the chat from Priyanka about how to build your muscle of courage to ask questions. And I think you just answered it, Joe, right? Like I think you should start asking maybe simpler questions, you know, asking questions about the business. And it kind of, to me, it's just like, you know, lifting weights, right? Like you just you start with lighter weights and you work your way up to heavier weights, right? So just start asking questions about the business, strategy, how they see things. And then, you know, as you develop a rapport with that person. Then you can start asking more in-depth questions and start asking, hey, can I get budget for this? Um, you know, can we start doing these marketing strategies? Like, and then you can start getting yourself pulled into those conversations. But yeah, I think it, it starts with asking those easier questions about the business and then like propelling that forward into more in-depth conversations about marketing strategy and business strategy. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Peyton. No, I was going to say, Brendan, just to add on to that, I think that uh, you know, when you ask those questions, you don't have to ask every question in that first meeting. Like you're trying to build a relationship yeah. within your company too. So yeah. you ask that first that first set of questions, go back, think back to our IML episode on your routine for success, have that simmer time, yep. think about it, yep. jot down some more questions, and then you, you meet again. You know, uh, the best thing about being an in-house marketer is you have 
really unending access to your team. That's some, that's a place where we as an agency struggle is, you know, we only have so many meetings to get information. So we try and like pack so much into each, um, each ap- appointment or whatever, but in-house you can get up or walk around or message them in Slack or teams. Uh, so just, you know, you don't have to ask everything right away. And that should also help with your courage um, too. Yeah. I think the first thing you want to accomplish is um, if if you're not already looked at this way, which some of you probably are, but like you want the, the leaders in your company to look at you not as a tactician, but as almost a strategic advisor to their business. That's always my goal as an agency. And I, I don't think I, I would feel differently if I was an in-house marketer. Um, to be able to execute is huge. Execution is, is so important. But before that, if if you can be seen as somebody who understands the business strategy and is focused on applying marketing strategy so it supports the business strategy, um, I, I think you're just going to be kind of looked at in the, in a different light at your company. And so if you can start there, um, I think that's the best thing to do. You know, how do you get the courage to ask? I mean, if you can think about what, what if you had a half hour to start that process with your CEO, um, what things would you want to talk about? Maybe it starts with an email that says, Hey, I, this is what I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to understand how to be a, a contributor to revenue growth for this company. I'm wondering if I could sit down with you and talk about these three or five points. I want to learn more. I have some specific questions about these and start with like a little mini agenda and say like, can you give me 30 minutes to start this conversation with you so I can, I can learn and get better at my job. Um, I just think that anybody who, if you're in a company where that message is not going to be well received, like that, that tells me something about maybe the mindset of your leader and, and it's probably going to be a major uphill battle if, if you can at least get their attention in, in the context of that conversation. So, Joe, obviously you own and run Gorilla76 with John. If a new employee were to come up to you and ask this conversation or you know, ask these questions about like, what were the, what, what would, do you think would be the, like, the smart three to five questions that somebody could, should ask you about you know, the goals of Gorilla you know, and your, your viewpoints on your sales and marketing strategy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, and, and I'm sorry, are you asking it in the context of if, like, like if, if you know, brand new brand into Gorilla Seventy Six, yeah. and I want to learn about yeah. the company, what should I be asking Joe and John? Yeah, well, I'd probably be, and and you know, some of you are probably in tune with some of this in your own companies, and others maybe not for different reasons, size of company, just how transparent that the leaders are, et cetera. But in our organization, where we're very transparent, um, I, you know, I I would want. I would probably be looking to learn from me about like what's what's our three-year picture look like? Like where are we trying to go in terms of you know revenue goals? Um, what are some of the obstacles I see that are gonna stop us from getting there? Um, you know, where do I see growth opportunities? I'd probably be telling you all about how a lot of our audience has traditionally been manufacturing, you know, like traditional manufacturers. And I see a lot of opportunity right now in robotics and, um, you know, systems integrators and industry 4.0 technology companies that work side by side with the manufacturing sector. So it's like, that's where my head's at about how, how do we start reaching that? And so if I'm somebody on my team, I'd probably want to know that and mm-hmm. be able to, so I could start learning a little bit more about those things. Um, you know, I'd, I'd probably want to, 
get a sense if you don't have already about like, what do they think of the, of the role of marketing being like, how do they think currently that marketing can contribute? And you may hear things like, well, you know, we, our web, website really needs to look buttoned up so that, and you know, so that we've got the right brand image and maybe, you know, we need to, we need more leads for the sales team. And it's like, if you can just get a sense for where their head's at now, you can think about where do I need to shift their mindset and, how do I need to fill in the gap? So I know those maybe are, are some of the starting places. Awesome. Yeah, Mary, I think yesterday you said, or whenever we were preparing for this uh, session, I wrote down a quote of what you said. I think most of us write down Mary quotes, but, but uh, it was um, become a business person who executes marketing. And I think this just goes back to what Joe was saying too. I'm wondering if you can kind of elaborate on that. Yeah, definitely. So when I was in marketing, it was a lot like I think Beth is describing it. It was a lot of trade shows, do your catalogs, you know, check the box on activities. So I just started asking questions of we had like a business analytics team and all that kind of good stuff. And I would just ask questions like, hey, which um, target personas are we going after right now? which products matter to which product development team. So we had like seven product development teams. So which products are we promoting this quarter? Why are we promoting those? What are our profit margins? So are we like going after those because we get higher profit? Or are we going after revenue? So finding out the business metrics that mattered to each of those teams was really important. And I think that'll depend on just how your company is structured. Like we had hundreds of products. So if you only have a few, you know, maybe you're only promoting one or two products this quarter, or maybe you're not. And that's your opportunity. Maybe leadership is like, well, we want to promote them all to everybody. Duh. And it's like, well, actually marketing, because we we have limited time, we have limited budget, we have limited resources. I think we actually could make a better inroad into this market if we focused on only one or two products for six months. And then you have to make it super easy for them to say, okay, so not just, I think we should focus on these one or two products. I think we should focus on these one or two products because X, Y, and Z, we know this market better than we know the other markets. Um, I've done some customer research and here's a little bit of my call reports and then how you're going to track it. So I think we should do this because of this, and this is how we're going to measure it. If you have a leader and you present that string right there and they still say no, I think you have your answer on what your future is going to be like at that company. Um, most leaders, I mean, John and Joe can speak to this more um, personally, but I would think as a leader, if you were presented with that, you would be like, let's try it. Let's do it. Yeah. And I think this was another point that we made uh, when we were preparing was just, you are the marketing expert. They hired you. doesn't matter how much experience you have. If you're coming to these events, you're learning, you're developing yourself and your expertise. They hired you to be their marketing expert, right? So trust yourself um, to, to make statements like that. Do the research and then just put it out there. Um, yeah, that's what I'd say. Um, we also talked a little bit about listening. Do y'all have any strategies as far as you know, how you can listen or ways you can listen, venues in which you can listen uh, to better get a seat at the table or get, maybe even get a better seat at the table. 
Yeah, I'd say from my perspective, and I do this both in you know my career here as a marketer, but then this happens a lot to me on the military side too. Um, you know, as like coalition building, um, and so going out and understanding like there's not just one leader of the business, right? Like there is going to be the CEO, the owner, the president that you know runs the business, but there's a lot of other department heads that you need to build relationships with and build rapport with, um, you know, to get your get yourself into that uh, into that seat, right? So. You're going to want to build a relationship with the sales leader as a marketer. Go and talk to the engineering leader. Go talk to the customer service lead. Uh, go talk to your you know operations manager, your manufacturing manager. Um, you know, I think those are important people for you to go and have conversations with and learn about their part of the business as well. Because you know, I think we all know marketing is not a silo. Marketing is a business function, and so all these uh, I talk to the finance and the accounting leader too. Don't forget those people. Um, but you need to understand like what are their goals and what are they trying to achieve and then if you can give a little bit here's how marketing can help you do that and then you know here's how you can help marketing right so i would say go and have conversations with a lot of people and ask a lot of people questions and you know try to get a more holistic view is the ceo and the operations person saying the same thing oh it's interesting that they're not maybe um, you know, here's how the finance person sees the world right now. And, you know, here's where he sees budget or where she, you know, sees, you know, cost going or profit going. So I think those are really important places to go and, and ask questions and then listen. Um, and don't be afraid. I, I always was never afraid to, to kind of be dumb and ask questions, you know? Um, but I think that's the smart thing to do is to pretend to be dumb and go and ask questions so that people tell you everything they're thinking. And I think that's all about, you know, as much as we don't want to think about it, there's office politics at play here too, right? And you know, as the younger marketing coordinator or specialist or marketing manager, you're going up against people that have been in a company potentially for 20, 30 years doing engineering and manufacturing, you know, that those people never leave the companies, right? So they're entrenched in how they think. So you need to come in there and ask a bunch of questions and get them to start thinking and be like, oh, okay. So that marketer uh, is asking really smart questions and needs to be involved in these business decisions. I'd love to pull Polly up here on stage because Polly, you dropped a very insightful thing in the chat about speaking the language of old time manufacturing. I'm, I'm hoping you can kind of elaborate on that a little bit for us. I think it's just a really, it's a really important point. Thank you. I'm happy to, to share what my experience has been. Uh, I have found that often, and I'm sure it is dependent on what company you work for. Are they big? Are they small? Who's running the show? Who the, the leaders are? But uh, in my experience, many, at least small B2B manufacturers are run by an older sort of demographic. And this whole new digital world is really brand new to them. So coming in with all of these data points and you know the language of a marketer, it, it really does not they don't even know how to understand what that is or what that could mean. Um, but if you can try and speak in their language in ways that they can understand, I think they're they're more receptive to it. So we talked a lot about how trade shows are sort of the bread and butter of, you know, the way that business was done and leads were found in, in manufacturing. And when I teach um, other small B2B manufacturers, how to use LinkedIn, that's the example that I use. And that's the, the language that I try to share that if you think about your digital presence um, as a trade show booth, right? If you are putting together your personal profile and your company page, that's your, your booth. Your banner is becomes your, you know, your booth sign. You want to make it inviting so people step into your booth, ask a few questions, find out a little bit more, 
And it's working 24-7. You don't have to have it staffed. You don't spend money to build it. You know, it, it's a free resource in many cases. Um, and so you want to invest in that booth, which is up 24-7 and running. All the content that you post related to your booth is constantly working for you. And um, I have found that that business leaders tend to be more receptive because it's something that they can understand, wrap their head around. And then when you start having those smaller wins, um, you can then broaden the conversation and uh, begin to expand from there. Yeah, I want to, Polly, that was really great. I want to build on something you said there too. Um, something that we've started doing recently in our own sort of sales calls, I guess, and our, our, our cadence for that with manufacturers is we've started to, and Mary and Grace, who are both here from the Gorilla team, have both done this with me. Um, we've done live audience builds in LinkedIn, like in the LinkedIn ads platform on screen, right in front of um, the people we're talking to. And it turns heads um, because when you talk about say LinkedIn ads or Facebook ads or whatever, it's like, I hear a lot of like, yeah, we tried doing LinkedIn and it's, and, and like the other thing is people don't even, a lot of leaders don't really understand the difference between like doing something organically on LinkedIn and putting a, a media budget of a few thousand dollars a month behind distributing the exact message and content to these 60,000 engineers with this job title and four campaigns running side by side that show social proof next to thought leadership content, next to product information, next to like RFQ related ads. And to be able to show them on screen, like say, well, why do you go to a trade show? Because your whole audience is there, right? Because maybe a few thousand people of the 50,000 you want to reach are probably all there in one place. Well, the 60,000 people you're targeting um, you know, that are, that have profiles on LinkedIn and maybe 20, 30, 40% of them are active on LinkedIn. Like that's thousands of people we can reach with whatever we want to say and whatever content we want multiple times every single month. And then we can look at who's engaging, like which companies are actually engaging with that content, what content's resonating with them. And when we've started showing a tangible example, like Hey, CEO of medical device manufacturing company that's targeting R&D people inside of these 40, um, you know, large scale medical device companies. Like, um, look at how we can reach the exact audience you want. Uh, all of a sudden, the tactical stuff starts making, like they start connecting it to the strategy. Like, okay, I, this is how I can get in front of my audience. And not only during this, you know, four day IMTS, event that I'm surprised all of you aren't at right now. Probably some of you are from your hotel room or something. Um, as opposed to that, every single day, all year long. And so I, I do. I really love the way you set that up, Paulie, to say like, we need to speak their language, but show them the modern way to accomplish the same dang thing they've always been trying to accomplish, which is earn the attention and trust of these influencers inside these types of companies or even these specific companies, right? Totally on board. I think you you said it much better than I did, much more eloquently. But but that's exactly that's exactly it. It's awesome. Got to remove the jargon at every turn. <laughs> uh, so Aaron, Aaron had, yep, go ahead, Peyton. Yeah, I was going to say, Aaron uh, Barash, do you mind uh, telling 
folks a, a little bit more. Uh, I, I'm trying to find your comment here, but I, I <laughs> y'all, it's a lot to keep up with this chat. But uh, Aaron, jump on in. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, what was going on with the chat was just talking about an example of how you can kind of contextualize uh, what you're trying to do with marketing in a scenario that makes sense to leadership. So I did this in a call a couple of weeks ago where the uh, client that I was talking to mentioned like, oh, like a lot of the people we're trying to reach are technicians in the field and they often have downtime while they're waiting to do maintenance. And he said, I bet you a million dollars those guys are scrolling through Instagram. Um, while they're, you know, kind of in between um, tasks. And so if you can think of moments like that, where, you know, there's downtime, you understand how the person you're trying to reach is behaving online, that's really obvious um, to your leadership. You can say, hey, we can reach that exact person online and we can send them all this different type of messaging that Joe is talking about, you know, the mix of social trust, um, expert content, product marketing, and we can send them those messages over the course of, say, six months. This whole time, maybe they're having a problem with um, the equipment that they're using and frustration is building, but you're sending them really helpful content. When it finally does come time for them to replace that, you know, the old way of marketing, you're just starting to talk to them at that point. The new way of marketing, you've been talking to them for six months. Um, and you know that they're spending time um, in the place that you're talking to them. So at that point, they'll talk to you first um, instead of, uh, you know, maybe starting with a Google search at random. So that's kind of an example of how you're saying all the same stuff that, you know, um, Polly and Joe are saying, but you're telling a very specific story about exactly how it would happen for one of your customers. Yeah. Aaron, that that was a great like picture this moment. I I love that. Um, we'd be glad to take questions. I know we're getting close to time here. Uh, I'd be glad to take any questions if folks have any that they'd like to ask. Feel free to drop them in the chat. Um, to kind of round out our conversation today, while questions are coming in, um, want to ask maybe a dumb question. Are there any questions? that or any conversations that marketers shouldn't be having with the C-suite that y'all see or what type of conversations should marketers be trying to have in general? You know, to me, you know, business leaders like talking about money and where revenue's at, where profit's at, where costs are at, right? So I think talking about marketing strategy through a lens of how it affects the finances of the company is is smart to do. And it's okay for you to um, not necessarily know everything, but use it as an opportunity to learn about the health of the business. And like, so like, it's good to know, like, where's the company at before you go and start saying, I want to do a, you know, a $500,000 marketing plan uh, when the company just doesn't have the sort of money to run a budget like that. So like use that as an opportunity to learn where the company's at so that you can plan your marketing strategies around what the company can afford. I would agree with Brendan. I think um, I think there's a. I've seen it in my own company with, you know, 
like Peyton, probably when you were in your previous role and you were just getting started, it was probably really uncomfortable to have those conversations about money with like, with clients. And um, I've seen that with inside of our company, but I think like understanding the baseline things, revenue goals, profitability, like um, average new customer value, especially with the first sale and things like, like having those conversations feels if you're going to, if you're truly going to be a, a revenue contributor, um, those are probably necessary conversations. So I don't know what that's like for some of you. That's a hard conversation to have or not welcome, but I would, I would look to make sure you are having those. Awesome. Uh, Mary, uh, I know, and maybe this is getting into a, a bigger topic that could balloon into its own, uh, episode or we could continue it in Slack, but uh, yeah, I'd love, we've had uh, lots of questions in the chat just around, you know, when you start to talk to leaders, what if you start to find out that different leaders want are wanting different things, or maybe the company vision is a little divided? You want to touch on that? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, in my past experience, I don't really have a lot of like upper level leadership being misaligned. I think there was a lot of misalignment on what marketing should be doing and how they should be doing it. So, and those are the instances when I could ask why a lot. And in those times too, if I was working for like three or four teams at a time, it would be, okay, just get the activities done for the leader who needs like a brochure. So just get the brochure done, who cares? And then have a lot of fun with the leaders who are like, okay, I'm listening. I want to try something new. Then the more attention you give them, the leaders who you're just like, churning content like brochures out for are going to start to notice and be like, Hey, so like, what are you doing for that other team again? So I think that's like, that's one way to attack it is maybe align yourself with the strategy that matches your marketing philosophy and then put more effort there if you can. And then kind of like slowly step back from the strategy you're misaligned with. Brendan, would you add anything to that, or you know, have you have you experienced that in your companies at all? Yeah, so I would just say, you know, I think it comes down to building rapport with those other function leadership. Um, you know, like I think the worst thing that could happen to any of us in here is to be the marketing guy or gal, right, and like not have like a name or you know be a, an important part of the team, right? So constantly talking to the other business leaders and like sharing them, like, this is where I see the business at. This is what, you know, our marketing strategy is, you know, looking for feedback, um, but not like looking for feedback, like, oh, that is a stupid plan. And no, let's go back to flyers and, and brochures. No, like this is the real marketing strategy, right? We're, we're doing demand generation and this is what that means. And, you know, define, like, I think it's okay to ask the engineer, like, what is engineering or ask finance? Like, you know, how does your, you know, your books look, but then you're the expert on marketing. So tell them like, we are doing demand generation and this is what that means, right? We're going to go and talk to customers. We're going to become the thought leaders. We're going to do case studies. We're going to do paid and organic campaigns. We're going to track everything through the CRM and we're going to get results. And then we're going to use that to feed further marketing activities, right? And just lay that down and don't be scared to put a stake in the ground and say, this is what the marketing plan is. And then, you know, I think it's like when you become unconfident and you start waffling that people see that as weakness and they can start attacking it and getting what they want out of it. This has been a great conversation. I am just super excited. And, uh, you know, a few folks have asked about Slack. If you would like to join the Slack channel, just let us know in the, in the chat and we'll definitely send you an invite. Um, 
But one way we like to end these episodes is to just share one thing, one piece of action that you could carry with you from this conversation. We've talked about a lot. You know, there's a lot of different ways you could go with this. And I think Joe dropped down the the, the gauntlet at the beginning of like, you know, this is how Gorilla's done it, but now you got to figure out how to kind of apply it in the in-house world. Uh, so if we were to say, pass along one thing, I would like to hear from Joe, Mary, and, and Brendan, like what would that one thing be uh, from you? Yeah, mine would be to make sure you're asking the why. So use those opportunities to maybe not talk with like C-suite or like, you know, upper level leadership, but find the internal allies where you can start asking questions and push a marketing strategy forward. Yeah, mine's going to be all about money, right? So you need to learn finance, you need to learn accounting. Uh, so get into LinkedIn learning, get onto YouTube and just start learning about business finance and business accounting principles. Um that is, I think, incredibly important, and it's going to help make you a much better marketer when you understand how money and business work together. Then I would say, you know, shift the conversations from tactics to business goals um, wherever you can. If we can reframe the way that you're speaking with those leaders of your companies about how do the things I'm doing impact the, the direction that you're trying to take this company as opposed to conversations about traffic and lead gen and um, what other metrics probably traditionally your CEO or president has, has thought about when they've thought about marketing. Well, thank you all for joining. Um, again, I'll just say, if you'd like to be in the Slack group, send us a little note in the chat. We'll send you an invite after this. And then um, always open for future topics. If there are challenges that you're encountering inside your company, chances are that you've got somebody in this room right now who has already dealt with that uh, and we can you know, collaborate and talk about it. So uh, please feel free to reach out to any of the gorillas on LinkedIn. Uh, they all know how to get to me uh, and uh, we'll get it on, your, uh, on our topic list for uh, whatever's coming up next. Um, thanks again. Hope you all have a great Tuesday and uh, don't forget to tune in to the podcast on September 20th. Next Tuesday. Going mm -hmm. live. All right. See you later. Bye. Right, thanks, everyone. <laughs>